we are doing Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna, chapter 2. We had completed till verse 43. So we are continuing with verse 44, chapter 2. We are doing Uddhav Gita, chapter 2, verse 44, the last message of Sri Krishna. We are describing the sage, how a yogi or a sage should be. Pure, genial by nature, sweet and a source of imparting holiness to men. The sage, resembling water, purifies all, being seen, touched or praised by them. So here, water is being used. So if you remember, we are doing Uddhav Gita where Uddhava is being explained by Sri Krishna. What happened to his forefather Yadu when he met Dattatre? And he had asked Dattatre a question. What is the sage supposed to be? So on and so forth. There were many questions which he had asked. So in answer to that question, Dattatre, that is Avdhuta, is giving an explanation of the different gurus of his own. That means Dattatre's own gurus. So one of the gurus that he is describing is called water. Now, how does one describe water? So if you look at the words over here, it says pure, genial by nature, sweet and a source of imparting holiness to men. So these are the qualities of water also. If you see, we go to say Banaras or Prayag or then we can go to Gomuk or Gangotri, Yamunotri, whichever place, right? And uh, what do we do? We take the Ganga water and we take a bath over there or put it on our head and drink some of it. Now, if you look at the water, it may be dirty. But even after that, why it is being used for purification? I've explained this entire thing to you, right? Previously in most of my satsangs. So water is supposed to be pure. Even if, see, in our normal life also, what are we supposed to do when we eat something or when we feel thirsty? What do we do? We just drink some water. And the water is pure by itself. Yeah, contaminants are there. So many contaminations are going to be happening. Right? But it doesn't matter. Water can be purified, you know, by filtration and various other processes and can be drunk. Water is that one object which comprises quite a huge amount of any organic substance. That is basically body, human beings or animals or birds or any such thing like even a banana. You can take a banana. I think it comprises of 96% water. Most of the fruits, they comprise of water. So let us come back to why water is so important to us. If without water... Man cannot survive beyond a certain number of hours. So water is important and it is pure. It purifies the system. It purifies the blood, the body. So the Tatra is, that is the Avduta is explaining to Yadu how a sage should be. So these are the qualities of a sage. First is he is pure. He is a very, very pure hearted person. There is no deceit in this person. He is always serene. See, genial by nature. Now, yesterday I was visiting the Samadhi of Swami Riyananda. Now, if you look at him and his picture, you will find that he is a very, very genial person. A very, very kind-hearted, genial, a sweet kind of a person. He has that sweetness in him. Had. Or should I say has? Because even though his Samadhi is very much there, 
but his presence is felt all over the place. There was a lot of activity in the ashram yesterday and he had started a lot of building activity also of the you know Vedashala and so on and so forth. And of course it is going on, but he passed away on 22nd of June. But that doesn't mean that his presence is not there. So when he took the Samadhi, Samadhi naturally means going in a state of the See, you know there are three states. First is waking state, dream, then deep sleep. These are three states which normal human beings will go through. But the fourth one which is Samadhi state. Samadhi state is normally achieved by most of the sages. Now when a person dies, a sage dies, we don't say that he has died. We say he has taken Samadhi. Now Samadhi has another meaning also. Samadhi is the tombstone that is made around him. Hmm? See, normally in India, we find that there are various kinds of Samadhis that are built. Some are built by keeping the ashes after cremation hmm, of that particular sage. Some Samadhis are built where the sage is supposed to sit in in, the uh, Padmasan position inside the grave and they build on top of it a grave, like a tombstone. And then you can keep one small statue of his and people sit over there and pray. So normally that is the kind of Samadhi that is built. So Samadhi also means after death, after the passing away of their body, after the body, uh, you know, losing its activity. What are you supposed to do? Put it underground and then build a small mausoleum like on top of it. Something like that. Hmm? So that's a Samadhi. But he was a very genial person. Like that, a sage is supposed to be very, very genial. Now, you might have heard of sages who are not genial. I mean, you have heard of sages who can curse another person, right? Now, these saints, they are made to do that. That means the divinity inside them has got a specific functionality. And because of that job which they have taken up, they are supposed to do that. You have heard of Jamdangini, you have heard of Parshuram. And they are not sages by the way. Parshuram is an avatar. <laughs> Jamdangiri is a sage. Now Parshuram was a very very angry person. Now you may wonder why is a sage like this? He is also one of the avatars like I said. Why is the avatar like that? The avatar has specific jobs. Right? And like I said last time, their swadharma, the reason why they have taken that particular form is extremely important. So they are performing that activity which they are supposed to do. You will find that some sages are very, very tough. They will act extremely tough. But if you look inside them, they are very soft and they are very kind-hearted. Right? You will find that Karna, when he met his guru, uh, he said some lies. And because of that, the sage had to take away a particular quality that was associated with him. So, the covering that is there, which was supposed to be his protective covering, was taken away. And he lost control of that particular weapon that was given to him. So, maybe the sages are there for a certain reason. We cannot say why they get angry for what reason. But take take it from me that they have to be very genial in nature. Then the next is they impart holiness to others. Now, even a drop of water of Ganga when taken by a human being, 
just when they are about to pass or when they have just you know leaving their body now that is a very very important thing that we do here in india we give a small maybe a small drop of ganga is put in the mouth of the person when the person is about to pass away so that it purifies that person so that some of the sins get washed away now who purifies these waters the purification of this water also has to be done now don't tell me aqua guard and all those things <laughs> because in today's day and age we have water purifiers no here we are talking of humans those who have taken human forms the sages what do they do they dip their feet in the water and when they dip their feet in the water the water is devoid of all kinds of ill effects right so what it translates into the water is affecting the entire being of the person when it is drunk so when the sage dips the feet in water or takes a bath in it then at that point in time that water if it is drunk or if it is even savored a little bit you know you can put it a drop of it on your mouth also it will purify you so he is the one the sage is the one who purifies he not only purifies this water but he purifies other people also how does he purify this is something which you have to understand now what is the purification process now the purification process is through multiple methodologies so when the sage looks at that person when the sage is looking at that person just imagine staring right inside now he is not going to give you a stare like this no i am not saying like that he looks at you he glances at you right that is one number 2 when you touch his feet when you touch the feet of that particular sage a guru what does he do he either touches the head pats the neck pats the back i don't know have you all noticed if you if you meet a sage he will do one of those things sometimes he will put a hand on the shoulder and lift you or just tap you on the shoulder he does these kind of things so what does he do he does this when he watches this person number 1 seeing touched right when he is praised remember this why is it that a sage has to be praised <laughs> you may ask why not give him some bad words or why not say something bad to him never say bad words to the sage if you meet a sage directly you will anyway be quiet but otherwise also in life never say anything bad about a sage right don't utter any words which are going to be harmful it always has to be prayers p r a y e r s or p r a i s e s praises these are the words you should remember when you praise the guru when you touch his feet the sage when you touch the sage's feet what happens he does one of these things he looks at you or he touches you when the sage touches you what happens the same thing which happens to the rivers he is purifying you he takes away a lot of stuff that is impending which is holding you up sometimes the sage will caress the head or the face okay 
Yes, in some countries in the world, you are not allowed to do those kind of thing. It would be called molestation and this and that. But in India, everybody knows this. That when a sage touches the head or caresses a person with, you know, the devotional aspect that is there in, in us, in, uh, in what happens? At that point in time, the purification happens. In most of these cases, the touch or the look will clean away a lot of dead karmas that are there. It will eliminate that. So just by touching or by looking, the sage removes these impurities. Okay? Sometimes you will find that the sage would tap you at a particular point. It looks like a very natural kind of a thing. He may just give you a small tap like this, tap like this, you know, or tap on the back. Now, what does a normal human being think? Oh, he's just saying, you know, hi, hello. This is not a hi, hello. Don't ever be under the impression that he's doing a hi, hello to you. Hi, hello is for normal human beings. So when he touches that particular like I said, the drop of Ganga, that particular pat is activating certain energies inside that person. Slightly complicated. It activates certain chakras. Chakras, those who understand the Kundalini Yoga, they will understand that the chakra activation starts. Now, if you ask the person whom he has tapped, that person will say, you know, I'm having that funny sensation in my body. As if somebody is, you know, tickling me or some some, some kind of a... There's a small throbbing pain kind of a stuff. Oh, you think that that is a throbbing pain? That is the chakra which has got activated. Alright? And the chakra activation is a very, very important thing. See, there are total six chakras down below. And one which we don't call it as a chakra at all. It is called a Sahasrahar. It is the ultimate destination. But there are six below. Right? One is the tailbone. You know where the tailbone ends. At that point there is one Muldhara. Then we have the sexual organ. Then we have the stomach level. Then we have slightly the heart level. Then throat and then the eyes. So there are these six locations in the body. When you see this sage and when you, if you were to meet this particular sage... And when he taps you, you will find that because of the tap, a certain portion of your body starts feeling very funny. Sometimes you get a sensation in your stomach, just above the stomach. It's called the, uh, you know, solar plexus, we call it. Solar plexus starts <laughs> acting. This person may end up having a lot of loose motions. Okay. <laughs> These are one of the side effects. Like when you take a drug, there are side effects, isn't it? So the tapping of this particular sage is by whatever he does, sometimes you get a lot of loose motions. Sometimes it so happens that you feel hungry most of the time. Any of these things can happen. There are lots of other side effects by the way. They are very funny. Suppose another chakra activates, which is called the heart chakra. There is always a flutter like that, you know, as if there is a butterfly sitting at the back or something. And it is just going, imagine like that. You know, when, when you have a fly going all over your place, you know, just like, <laughs> what happens? It irritates you. That mild irritation is there. Sometimes your back is 
completely jammed up. You feel like this, you know, as if you are not able to move. It will pass off, right? So when the sage does this kind of a thing, which is a light tap somewhere, or he looks into the eyes of the person, these are the activities that happen, right? Then slightly up, what happens is it chokes a person. Chokes doesn't mean actually garroting a person and choking him. Choking means, you know, when you are feeling extremely sad or very much in love, what happens? You know, the voice doesn't come out of the mouth. You know that. Hmm? So at such point in time, we say in Marathi hundka. You know, hundka means, <laughs> you know, like that. When you cry, in love when you cry, what happens to that person? Remember, that is the throat chakra which has got activated. It is normally at the back somewhere. If you draw a line from here, it goes right behind. So somewhere down there. At that point in time, what happens? A person is not able to express anything. Nothing at all. He just thinks about God. He doesn't think of anything else. He just is feeling very mighty you know, very highly in love with God and he is going all mushy. Right? Then the next one is, uh, you know, where the women normally put one tikka over here, the red vermilion dot over here. That is a place which, just imagine uh, an arrow pierced from here and going out from the back. How would it be? So this particular one inside is the chakra for the eyes. It's just above the eyes. Now this chakra, when it gets activated, the person cries too much. He doesn't even understand why he's crying. He cannot utter a single word. He's just feeling as if, you know, there is no, nothing in this world that is attracting him more than God. So we call that that particular chakra as Ajna chakra and it activates. So when the sage is touching the body in a particular way, he is actually activating these centers. It may not be understood by normal human beings because they feel that, oh, he's trying to take advantage of me or he's trying to touch me. There is nothing like that. So a true sage, normally when he, it's like every year when I used to go to Kamareddy, at that time, Baba, who was always present, welcoming me, this time Baba, Physical body was not there. But what happened was he would be waiting. I mean, yesterday, Ma was telling me that the moment he came to know that you are coming, he would get ready in the morning and keep <laughs> dressed. Oh, Krishna Guru is coming from Bangalore. I have to meet him. And like a kid, he would be ready waiting for me and always keeping a watch on time, you know. Oh, when is he coming? When is he coming? When is he coming? <laughs> he would never carry the phone in his hand. But like a kid, he would be waiting. And the moment he heard that, oh, I am at the gate, he would come running outside and come to... And the moment he saw me, you could see the tears rolling down his eyes. And he would hug me and welcome me. And... Then what is it that happened? Those who had observed this will see that we were just doing nothing but, you know, just tapping or caressing. That's it. 
Now what is it that is being done? It is just nothing but that spirit and this spirit intermingling is happening. Alright? So there is no difference. So the Guru is called Satchidananda. Right? Sakshat Par Brahma as we call it. And when these two bodies are meeting, it's an intermingling of these spirits. The Satchidananda, that is as if the Ganga and the Yamuna are flowing together and becoming one. It's like that. So think like that. So this is what happens. So that is the reason why this tap or this caress or this look into the eyes is very very important. Right? So we have finished this particular verse, verse 44. We are doing Uddhav Gita chapter 2 verse 45. This is a continuation to the previous verse 44 where the description of the sage is given. Verse 45 says, Bright, resplendent with tapas, powerful, with no receptacle for food except the belly, and eating everything. The man of self-control, like fire, is not polluted because of that, thereby. Dattatre, the Avduta, is describing the next guru of his. The next guru of his is fire. Earlier one was water, purification, various other characteristics of water. The next one is fire. So this one which we are doing right now is called fire. So how does the fire work in this world? The fire burns everything, isn't it? It burns everything inside. If you have seen forest fires, those who have noticed the forest fires while driving down or while seeing in a train, you know, the fire keeps on burning, 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 burning and continues to burn. So the entire forest may get burned down. When you come in touch with the fire, everything burns down. What was the previous verse we were talking about? The water, when the sage touches, everything gets purified. Fire is the next purification principle. It burns down everything. Burns down karma, the past. You see, when the fire is burning, what does it do to the trees? It's bringing it back to cinders and then to ash. The ash goes back to earth and then the new crop comes up. Isn't it? So fire is an important principle for what is called as purification. So let us see what the verse says. The verse is talking about the sage, the principles of the sage. What does the sage do? So, like in the previous verse, he was pure, genial by nature and so on and so forth. This verse says, he is bright. Fire is bright, isn't it? When we put on a lamp or something, a fire, a small wick, lamp, candle, doesn't it brighten up the room? So, he gives knowledge. The bright means knowledge. He is the repository of knowledge. So when the sage talks, many a time it's a very funny thing that he speaks. You may not understand what he's saying. Alright? His words are... Actually when you listen to a sage, his words are very funny. Sometimes he acts like a baby, like a kid. 
Sometimes he says certain words which sound like, oh my God, he's talking very big philosophy. No, everything in his life is philosophical. Remember this. Even when he's acting like a kid, Baba used to act like a kid <laughs> many a times. It's like when I would sit for lunch, he would sit next to me and see, see me eat. <laughs> so it was very funny to see me eat. And then he would say, bring this, bring this, bring this, bring that. Oh, I don't eat so much. <laughs> Whatever is served, that little. And I'll remove half of it from the plate. I'll say, I don't want this. So, like a kid. And that is the quality. So the fire has one quality, which is called giving light. Right? Fire gives light. Which means, when we say giving light, means knowledge. We, we have drawn that bulb no, in most of our comics. So it's exactly like that. The sage gives knowledge. So when he burns bright, when he is talking, he is actually giving knowledge. People may understand and people may not understand. It depends on the level where you are. Suppose you understand, then you can say, oh, I am slightly bright, you know, right in your head. But... If you don't understand and you think you take him at face value, you know, face value means he says, go eat something. So when he says these kind of words, it acts, it seems like, oh, he's just saying, go and eat something. No, you better follow that instruction to the T. In Sai Baba's books, in the Sai Satcharitra, he has mentioned sometimes, he used to casually tell a person, you know, don't go here. Don't go there. He would say these words. And the person would think that, oh, he's just saying, for the sake of saying. One, once upon a time when a particular uh, merchant had come to visit him. And the, he told the merchant, what is the hurry? Don't go, just sit over here. So he said, uh, Baba, there is a train which, has to, which I have to catch at a particular place. Baba said, it's okay, just sit down. That person didn't listen. He left from there and he found that the train was late by about 8 or 10 hours. So did you get the point? So many a times you may not understand why the sage behaves in that manner. He says very, very casually. Suppose you ask him, suppose there is a sage and you would ask the sage, Guruji, what am I supposed to do? And he will say, okay, do this. Now you may feel that he is just saying it for the sake of saying. No, no, no. Please follow it to the T. It's extremely important. Suppose he says, don't go there. Be very careful. Don't go there. What's going to happen? There is some difficulty which is going to come up over there. So never, you know, disobey whatever his words are. That is because he is resplendent like tapas. Tapascharya. When a person does tapas, you know, when he is doing tapas, tapascharya. That means when a sage goes to the mountains or he is sitting in his cave or he is sitting in his chair or he is contemplating, he is doing tapascharya by the way. You may think that he is just sitting over there doing nothing. Look at that man. He is just sitting over there doing nothing. No, don't, don't, don't think he is doing nothing. He is doing something and that is called tapas. Okay. He is literally burning away. What? He doesn't have sins of his own. So he's burning away somebody else's sins. 
all right because when he looks at a person or when he is tapping the person or doing something or he may be eating food the food is the next one we will come to wait so he is resplendent he is very pure he is bright and with tapascharya what happens to the world those who have seen how the blacksmith or those who have seen how glass you know glass bottles and things are made they are put in the fire you know what happens when you put in the fire and then after it is cooled down the glass becomes pure have you seen that it takes shape and becomes pure so in in your case also in our case also where when we meet a guru when we meet a person who is a sage it's as if we have been put inside this oven huh and then when you take it out he has shaped you into a certain thing like a bottle or something so he is like that resplendent right okay and then what does does he do he is very powerful don't go on his looks if you look at baba's face or if you look at ramkrishna parvaz's face or ryananda baba's face they will look like as if very mild mannered people don't go on their looks never get conned by their looks okay <laughs> because they are very very strong people they don't need even a, even to lift their finger okay i have given you all many examples one of the examples was baba you know who never used to it nityananda baba of ganeshpuri he would just sit in one place and look at people when they came around so there was very big a big stone which i told you which weighed so much they had brought two three elephants also to lift the stone and about 30 40 people were trying to just raise it from the ground and put it somewhere else nobody could do that so baba called three thin looking guys and he said come here go lift the stone and put it over there the stone is still there by the way if you ever go there these three people just listened to baba's words nityanand swami's words and when they touched the stone it felt just like a thermocol you know thermocol how light it is they just lifted it and put it over there everybody started looking at, oh my god how did this happen what happened was that stone was in the way of a krishna temple there is a very beautiful small krishna temple in ganeshpuri now this ganeshpuri is krishna temple the krishna the temple was at the side so baba wanted the temple to be slightly turned towards the front and there should have been an entrance over there so they had to lift this particular stone and keep it away and that is what happened so there is a stone just outside this krishna temple if you were to visit and behind that was a small hut where he used to stay hmm? it was earlier a cow shed and he would stay in that so he had put one cot one tiny cot over there and he would stay there so nityanand babas that he was so powerful just his words made magic so now if you have understood this do not disobey his words if baba or the sage or the saint or the guru has said certain words don't disobey them don't try to question you see many a times people have come i am not a, such a great sage but let me put it this way that when they have come to me they have asked me certain things guru ji can i do this and i have told them Ah, next year you can do, or I will tell them, you do this instead of that. Now 
After two minutes, they will still say, but Guruji, you know, I was thinking that this is much better. So I'll say, okay, why is it much better? This is a better thing than that, you know. That will take me a long time to do or something like that. And I don't think that is important. Is that so? Don't get conned by what he says. The next words that he will say is, okay, okay, do it. Don't go by that, okay, okay, do it. It is because you have asked for it. When you ask for it, and if it is repetition of the same thing again, the same thing is getting repeated, please don't do it. I will give you one example. There was one person who came to me two years ago, two, three years ago. Guruji, I want to do MBA from America. I looked at him and I said, (laughs) of course you can do. First you need to get a job. But Guruji, I just lost one job, you know. I have enough money to cover to go to America and do MBA over there. Just get a job. In a year's time or two years time, you will have sufficient money with you so that you can do your further studies. Just last week or few days ago, he's writing to me, I think my MBA dreams have all gone to <laughs> the dogs. So when he wrote these words to me, I just asked him, have you taken up a job? No, Guruji, I was applying. I was doing a lot of things. I said, please, can you take up a job? Guruji, I think it is very late right now. <laughs> he is an IT professional who has been doing work for many years and now he is jobless for the last two years. So I told, told him, take up a job. Don't worry, your chance will come. But I am growing old. How old are you? I am 36. So I said, what difference does it make? I did my, my you know, fashion design when I was 40 years old, I think. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Age is not the criteria. So never go by that age thing. If somebody says, you know, you are too old for doing something, never go by that. A person can complete their MBA or doing something even at the age of 60. Does it really matter? You see, if you think in terms of age, you will find that some of the, the richest men in the world, uh, one of them is Walton, you know, Sam Walton. He started, I think, at the age of 56 or 60. Does it really matter? I'm sorry, age is not the criteria. And there are certain people like Zuckerberg who may start very young. It doesn't matter that also. And they may not even be an MBA, be an MBA. But today, if, you know, Bill Gates or Zuckerberg or even Jack Ma for that matter, he talks too much. <laughs> he will keep on saying how many times Howard rejected him. Yes, you have heard that story many times. Now, if Howard has rejected Jack Ma, does he require Howard or does Howard require him? Howard requires him because they need his money and need his name. He's bigger than Howard, isn't it? To learn from Jack Ma would be better or to learn from Howard would be better? You will say Howard would be better. At least I'll get one certificate. Well, Jack Ma, if he puts his hand on your hand and gives you some money, you will make another billion dollars. So, uh, I hope you get what I'm saying. It's a joke, but think about it like that. So, knowledge. Right? So, this is what happens. Now, let us take the next one, which he says, what does the sage do? 
if you look at a sage the way he eats his food observe the way he eats his food you know he will eat his food in a very peculiar manner whatever is given to him in a plate in a, let us say a thali or a banana leaf he will eat only that stuff which is there on it that's it a little bit of it it may be very tiny pieces of food he will eat that and at other times well he will finish your entire kitchen <laughs> okay he will clean that thing and give it to you say oh is there more he may ask you for all you know <laughs> he will ask you aur hai kya so his receptacle receptacle means a vessel or an object wherein we are using it for making food that receptacle his receptacle for food is only his stomach right what do we eat our food in in plates cups saucers these that you know so many things we have we have so many quarter plates and i don't know what all plates we have different different kinds of spoon this spoon for this this fork for that that knife for this in his case hands fingers okay he will eat with his hands and you will see oh my god this fellow is eating as if he has not eaten for the last 10 years sometimes you will feel like that and sometimes you will feel that he has just taken one small piece from it and he may just tap it on his teeth, you know in on his tongue that's it and you will wonder what is he doing he is not even eating i made such a nice thing for him okay <laughs> but he is not eating doesn't matter why it doesn't matter because if he has tasted it remember the previous verse he has already made it pure so with no receptacle for food except the belly and eating everything the man of self control like fire is not polluted thereby if a human being eats food what happens too much of it he gets loose motions he gets stomach ache he has problems he cannot sleep so many problems are there in this sage's case none of this if you don't eat food your stomach will growl ha huh? so many other things happen normal people but for a sage he may not eat for 5 days 10 days also it doesn't matter to him so the sage's eating habits cannot be compared to our normal people's eating habits so that is why he may sometimes eat a lot sometimes he may eat nothing the receptacle for food of the sage is only his stomach that's it his belly you will find that some of the sages they have pot bellied you know huge belly they have <laughs> like ganesha okay so why do they have a pot belly like ganesha it is because not because they have eaten too much they may not even eat anything it is because what they do is they use this particular this we call it kalagni it's a fire which is burning continuously ages after ages it is burning it is in the pit of their stomach it takes in all the karmas of people and it burns them to cinders it's just like a fire so when they meet a person and they bless that person 
they are taking everything that this person has and burning it to the ashes that is why you will find their stomach is distended distension of their stomach is there they may not be they may not have eaten anything so don't be under that impression that they might have eaten too much you will find that most of the sages they are oh <laughs> it's like like that they may look as if they have eaten so much no there is nothing like that the, the receptacle for food in their case is only the stomach whatever they can hold in the belly and the belly not only holds food but it takes the sins of other people that is karma of other people and burns it down so we have come to the end of verse 45 so tomorrow we will do verse 46 onwards so we have done first one was water the next one is fire so we will stop over here okay so next time we will do verse 46 onwards so thank you very much i'll see you all tomorrow take care